Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where you focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode is a special quit your day job episode where I interview members of our Artist Academy Advanced and talk about the leap that they made recently from going from having that steady paycheck to being full-time with their creativity. And this episode highlights Jodi Trulio, and she is an artist currently living and working in Hawaii. She does paint parties, murals, and children's book illustrations. Jodi is part of our Artist Academy 100K Club and gives so much to our group with her specialty advice within the paint party and illustration industry. Anytime anybody asks a question about paint parties or children's book illustrations or anything in, along those lines in general, I'm always like, Jody, can you give them advice? And she does. And she's so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. So I teach a lot, but I've also figured out firsthand how beneficial it is to learn from artists like Jody who have done the thing that I want to do. So let me know what you think about this week's special Quit Your Day Job interview with Jody Trulio. Hi guys, I'm here with Jody, one of our own. You guys have probably seen Jody commenting or posting in the group for the last couple of years and gotten to know her. She's out in Hawaii. But today I wanted to interview her about the process of quitting her day job and where she's at now. And if you don't know, she's also part of our Academy 100K Club. So I think what she has to say is going to be of a lot of value. And so Jody, walk us through your short story. Thank you for the introduction. I like Andrea said, my name is Jody Trujillo. I am originally from California. And my family and I made the huge leap over the ocean in 2019 over here. I'm on the island of Oahu. And I had a party business in California, thriving. I still had a day job, though. I worked in the school system as an ABA therapist. I continued that job as we moved here. But I intentionally was like, in two years, I want to quit this job. I want to go full time. And luckily, it's good and bad. When the pandemic hit, a lot of opportunity opened. And I took a lot of Andrew's advice. I did a lot of lives and I joined Thumbtack, which kind of helped me create more revenue as a child book illustrator. And I started doing that. And then I actively started looking for business groups to join to get my name out there so I can paint murals, do windows. And I really wasn't looking to start the paint parties up again. I was just wanted to focus on my fine art part of it, trying to get my art out there. And one of the opportunities came up to be a vendor for a market at one of the hotels, resorts here at the Marriott. And I applied. And when they saw my website and I specialize in paint parties, they asked me to start that up there. And that was in 2021. And quickly, I was able to go full-time quickly from there. But I think if you look at it, when I started my paint party business 2011, officially, that's probably like the actively start of trying to go full-time. But you have a family. So you're just like weighing like, keep the full-time day job. And then this extra money is really good. I'm able to balance both. But I really actively 
I think if I'm honest, when I joined your group, the Artist Academy, even before it was Artist Academy Advanced, when it was the, the basic one, I joined that in the beginning. And I just joining all your challenges and all the tips you gave about making sure you're going live and you're posting a lot kind of just added more toward me looking into making this, hey, I want to do this all the time type of job. So, but yeah, into 2021, like I was pretty much catapulted into my dream because <laughs> I had to because of the pandemic, but it was a good thing because I already was actively getting involved, putting myself in the place of walking into opportunities that came through like the vendor opportunity. I thought I was just going to sell my art. And then they asked me to start their paint party business there, the paint party what they offer for the resort people. So do you still do that? Yeah, I do that four nights a week now. And I'm still able to sustain our income here with that. And I also got involved with the iconic Art on the Zoo Fence out here. It's been around for 70 years. What is it? Art on the Zoo Fence. Okay. It's a group that was started in 1953 of artists that wanted to have a kind of like an outdoor gallery venue where artists can come and hang and sell their art and they don't have to worry about gallery price cuts or how the gallery takes 50%. It wasn't like that. We make the prices and we sell. I joined it because it was like $10 just to do that on the weekend. And I quickly got suckered into being the president because I really wanted... The pandemic really hurt it really bad. It used to be really thriving where a group of artists would just hang their art along this one street where the zoo fences and you just see like a row of artists every weekend hanging and selling the art. And so that's what we're trying to build back up to. So that's what I do on the weekends. And then during the week, I do the paint parties at the Marriott and I I do paint private parties too. Those paint parties at the Marriott really has opened up because a lot of locals drive, walk through Marriott. And so I have my cards I pass them out and then I get called for private parties. Awesome. So you go and do private or group paint parties at the Marriott. How many people are in attendance every time? I've kept it off at 18. And then because we've had some finance debates and stuff. So I kept it off at 18. And, and I told them I'm open to doing more, but we've got to talk about the price again. So it's 18. And I could do it by myself, but I make sure I have an assistant because... You never know. You always have those crazy guests that come through that had a few drinks already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And have you had to hire somebody to work with you there? Yeah. So I do always have an assistant. And most of the time, about two nights a week, I don't paint. I have uh, two assistants that teach for me and they work together two nights a week. And the other two nights, it's me and somebody else. Awesome. And then you also did a mural at the Marriott too, remember? I did. Yeah, I did a mural there that also opened up from mural. They opened up a heritage room where they wanted to share the culture of Hawaii and especially that property there that used to be the property of Queen Lilikalani. And so I created a mural that told the story of her property and like right there, the beach coming out of the Marriott, that whole beach area strip is called Queen's Beach. So it was just a, a story about how Queens Beach became Queens Beach. Awesome. So how is your income broken up? So I love to talk about numbers. Is it you're getting most of your income through paint parties and then a little bit through murals and a little bit through custom commissions? I would say my bread and butter are my paint parties. Yeah. 
So Marriott and doing the private paint parties are my bread and butter. I also teamed up with another business. She does fancy picnics. So it's like she has these beautiful little Japanese style tables and she takes them like to the park, to the beach, and she sets everything up with it's just gorgeous. We teamed up and we put on paint and picnic parties. And she has these beautiful little charcuterie board set up for each guest. And then after everyone eats, I come and I set up for the paint parties. And that's been really good too. So it's that's really lucrative. <laughs> paint and picnic parties. I love that. That's so cute. Maybe for yeah. anybody who's wanting to get into paint parties, adding something unique like that to where there's a local farm here, they do goat yoga. And so instead of just doing hang out with oh, goats so cool. or yoga, yeah. So maybe I think this is a good conversation to spark an extra additive idea to adding something to an idea like a paint party or whatnot. Kind of like so window season is about to come up and I always like to dress in costumes when I'm painting windows because it just like an elf or something because it just adds more attention to it and you just I feel like it's more marketable and that's what we want to be right is more marketable and that picnic and paint party it's just that's I, I want to go <laughs> that seems like a good fun yeah girl's day it is it's like when you don't want to pay to rent to have a studio space you are creative and use what you can to make your studio. So outdoors is out here, especially is perfect. So that's what we've been doing. Connecting with other businesses is so essential if you're trying to get your name out there and your business, whatever we're doing in art. I have a local art cafe and I paint with coffee. So I make coffee, tropical art. And, and I use the local coffee here, the Kona coffee. And that's been a really big. And I have them a local cafe and I just display my artwork and I have a price and I sell them. And that's been going good. That's so unique. I love that. I have a friend actually. So she is in the personal chef business, but she's wanting to get into more artsy stuff. And so she's been experimenting with painting with food, like coffee and like beet flavored stuff. And I love that. I'm so into anything unique and that's not just normal painting on a canvas right now. Yeah. One thing with coffee though, is you need to make sure (laughs) you spray it because it will deteriorate. It will mold. What do you spray it with? The Krylon, you know, the spray, the the clear coat. Fixative stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. I'm going to tell my friend that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to wake up finding bugs eating her paintings either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm experimenting with spray paints and doing clouds. I think maybe you saw the live in the academy the other day. I was doing spray paints and I had to use the fixative on top of that to really seal it because there's so much spray paint that's just sitting on top of it, I noticed. It's just like a dusting because I bumped Mm -hmm. up against it and some of the spray paint came off and it looked like it looked bad. And I was like, oh no. And so I had to use that, the fixative stuff. So yeah, I guess it's okay. So next question, I would love to give a timeline because I get a very common question of, hey, I am just starting my art journey. What is a reasonable timeline to where I could go full time? And that's a great question, right? And I always tell people like the more effort you put into it, the quicker the timeline is. And they're like, but what do you mean exactly? And so I just love to give an example 
of another artist who like, when did you start taking your art seriously? Is there like a time, a date or an event that happened? And then how long did it take you to go full time? And then maybe how long did it take you to like really start making good money? What's a good timeline for people to think about? I think first of all, it's all on the person. Yeah. Like, I think I've always taken my art seriously. And I, I started painting murals in 2003. Wow. My friend gave me a book on Wyland. I love ocean art. I love the ocean. And I just wanted to do murals. And so when I started to do them, I started doing them for free. And I think I did three free. And then after that, it was like a learning experience of how much you're going to charge. But I would say like for seven years, I was really busy. But like I said, I worked for the schools and I had my kids were little. So it's all depends on the person. My kids were my main important thing. And art is just something that really added to making me happy. And But I didn't want that to overshadow my kids. So I just had a good balance. But all depends on the person. I actively started looking into going to full-time in 2011 when my paint party business just went crazy. And my kids were old enough, I could actually focus on it more, but I still have my day job. And I taught my girls how to paint with me. So my first assistant was my oldest daughter, Alyssa, and she would do the paint parties for me. And then I quickly grew. I had a team. And so Alyssa would focus on the children paint parties and I would focus on adult paint parties. And I was the only travel paint party business in Southern California in my area. So we were busy a lot on the weeknights and the week. And then out here, of course, my first employee was Emma. (laughs) She was like 15 and she was like my assistant. Now she teaches, but it's just, it just depends on the person and how, where your priorities are. Like, where are you going to put your focus? If you have a family and you want to balance it, positioning yourself to see it through. And I know it's like kind of vague. Like I said, like I got here, I got involved with business groups. I didn't know anybody. So I got involved with business groups. I quickly started visiting all the small cafes, drinking their coffee, building a rapport. And then I would come and bring my art and say, hey, would you be interested in showing my art? Or would you be interested in me doing a pop-up in front of your cafe? A lot of places are totally open to that. So I started to do a lot of that first before I even got the Marriott gig. Awesome. So what fears did you have going from being having that steady paycheck to having it completely rely on your own creativity? Because I read in the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert to not put so much pressure on your creativity because it doesn't become this fun, genuine thing. And so I think that's partially a fear of going full time too quickly. It's like you become desperate and it's like, where's the line of quitting your day job and then relying on your creativity, but still having fun with it. So what are some fears that you had around taking that jump? The fears of getting burnt out, of not liking doing paint parties. It can be a lot. When I first started at the Marriott, I was there five nights a week and then seven nights a week. And now I'm down to four. And when I got up to five and seven nights a week, it was really a lot. I really had to rely on finding some assistants that like kind of had the same kind of creative and enjoyed creativity and cre- enjoyed creating so that I can teach them to teach for me. So I wasn't the one, always the one outputting 
and I had some downtime and go draw whatever I want by myself. So you have to make sure like when you, whatever you decide to do, you want to make sure you don't burn yourself out and what you're, and don't worry about trying to grab all the jobs at the same time because that's horrible. I remember I tried to balance three different books at the same time and that was not easy. And toward the end, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I'm over it. And I don't want to ever feel that way when I'm illustrating a children's book. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So you know, making sure that you don't act so desperate when you get these jobs that come up. You are, oh yeah, I have a job now. I could put you on a schedule and we can start in two weeks. That shows that you are busy and people are going to want to stay with you because they see that you're a busy person. They like your art. Like this book project I'm doing is going to be a series for this author and they're paying me plus I'm going to get royalties. That's so true. I was coaching this girl one-on-one for to get her art business started here recently and I was talking to her about scheduling this new customer really quickly and, blah, blah, and she's I can't do it tomorrow or I have stuff to do this weekend blah, blah, blah. and I was like oh no like I don't expect you and they don't expect you to do it tomorrow or this weekend. Like book them out. It's totally okay to have somebody wait two weeks or how, get them in as soon as you can and ask what their deadline is and when they need it done. But don't expect to drop everything just because you have one job. And I think it's so exciting for people in the beginning. They're like, oh my gosh, they want me to paint for them and I and they want to. And so there's something to be said for somebody that you can put them on a wait list because I told her, if you're good, you're not going to be available tomorrow, right? You're going to have people, you're, you're going to have to wait in a line of some length. Yeah. And so I remember first starting out, especially when you said, oh, try Thumbtack. And at first I was like, this is not working. All of a sudden, all these children's book authors are popping up. They need the art. And I'm like, I'm going to grab it all. And quickly, I just was like, oh, I can't do this. I'm going to go nuts. So yeah, just making sure that you don't like act like you're not when you give a kid a dessert and they just eat it all at the same time because they think they're not going to ever have it again. <laughs> don't act like that. <laughs> That's you know? a good analogy. <laughs> and I try to keep that in mind. Every time I get job inquiries and stuff, I'm like, okay, but will I have work after I'm done with this? Will they wait for me? You, you get that fear. Mm-hmm. But if they're looking for you, then they haven't found anybody. <laughs> so the one thing that you have to make, remind yourself, they came looking for you. Yeah. So that's your advantage. Yeah. So really quickly, we've done a whole other live here about on the podcast from previous years about getting children's illustration jobs and or illustration jobs via Thumbtack. But just to touch on this again, I was on a one-on-one call this past week with an artist who wanted to get into illustrations. And she's, I have no idea how to get jobs. I was like, oh, I do. Thumbtack. (laughs) And I was like, hey. And so I pointed him to your podcast a while ago. But just to touch on it again, so if somebody wants to do children's books, because that sounds like so much fun, what is your recommendation for getting on Thumbtack and getting jobs? Because I told her maybe do a couple illustration pages of your own and your own style, but in slightly different styles, put them up there for examples that way the people can see and then they'll contact you or you guys won't match is that do you have anything else to add to that i would do that luckily i was already teaching how to create your own comic to kids and so i had a lot of illustrations of my dog and so i used that my stories for my examples on thumbtack 
And I wasn't sure if anybody would like my style, but people like my style. It's very childlike, very gives a ma- room for imagination. And so that's what you do is just draw in your own style, draw what attracts you to children's books in the first place. Like it gives you that nostalgia of like when you're a kid and the imagination. So draw according to that. I love that. You have me like anytime I think of something or I hear something fun like this, I imagine in my head, I'm like, oh, maybe I could do a little fun, just quick book with my son Sky and his on his little mini farm full because we have a bunch of peacocks and chickens and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah peacocks, yeah. chickens. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't need to even need to be very detailed. I could do it like yours. I could keep it simple and fun and there's room for imagination when you don't draw in every little detail. And I think that's a good tip too when putting together things to put up on Thumbtack to give examples because photos are what's going to draw people to you. They need to see your work before they hire you for it. And yeah, just it doesn't have to be super complicated. You can just put something up that's cute, but it doesn't have to be super realistic. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that because honestly, people on Thumbtack are looking for like the cheapest artists to oh, do really? this. And okay. yeah, and you don't want to put like a super detailed children's page and then them are like, oh, will you do it for... $40 a page. And you're just like, this takes you just as long as it would take you to come up with a sketch for a painting. So you want to make sure you price yourself the worth of your time and always have edited limit, meaning like revision limit, whatever you send to the author, you, they are allowed like two revisions after your book is all done to do two revisions because you can't sit there and keep recreating a page for them every time they change their mind. So two revisions that comes with your price. You don't want to go less than $50 a page if you're going to start. And then if they do go over the two revisions, then you're going to charge them for a whole new page. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. And what's a good pay range per page that you usually work within? Is it between $50 and $100 per page? or? Yeah, it's $50 and $100 a page. $100 is when they're like, want super detailed or a lot of content in their picture. They just have a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. This is all I have today. Do you have any last bits of advice that you want to give? Any tips that for new artists who are thinking about quitting their day job and taking that jump and it's just so scary, but it's so worth it. (laughs) Okay. Be true to yourself and what you like to paint. Like when you paint from your really speaks to you, people are going to love it. Okay. I like to do try different mediums and different styles, but don't make it, if it's not easy for you to don't do it, just stay with your style. Don't try to copy another style to get more customers. You want to stay with your style and build on it. And that's my biggest advice because you just don't want to go around trying all these things. You're like, it's not working. It's not working. Just stick with your style. Go ahead and try different styles, but don't try to make that yours if you're not already established in your own style. I gotcha. I think that works for murals and (laughs) children's book illustrations and everything. Mm -hmm. I have my own style with the children's books now. And this is what I stick with. I mean, if somebody does ask me to go out of that wheelhouse, I can, but it'll be a little extra. (laughs) Yeah, so true. Okay, thank you so much for coming on and interviewing and telling us your story. And I really appreciate you being in the Academy and giving tips on illustrations and paint parties. You are a master at both of those things. And I really appreciate it. Anytime anybody asks anything 
about that in the Artist Academy, I'm like, Jody, <laughs> you're like, I'll like tag you or I'll send them to you. And that you have helped Samantha create her own book too. And it's just, I appreciate you so much. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. So if you guys are listening, you guys just joined, like you need guys need to go through all the videos and classes that Andrew has already given. She's the one that told us Thumbtack. I just followed what she told us. You got her book. I got her book and I bought the audios. You guys have so much there to follow. You just create your own way through it. Yeah. Thank you for that. We can give some tips right now, but there's something else to going in and watching a full like 30 minute video on literally the tips on how to get jobs via Thumbtack. We're like, oh yeah, go to Thumbtack here. But like the trainings go way more in depth of like paint parties and all the things. There's so much to know. You've taught me so much about paint parties. I was like, that's a great idea. Like I've even done my own paint party and you're giving me awesome. like more tips than I had realized. It's like, oh, okay. Like there's just, there's something to learning from people who've already done it. But yeah, so we love to learn from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. <laughs> it's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. <laughs> the book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, I'm running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.